the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Paul is not a New Testament Christian. Paul is a Bible Christian. And you're going to see now in this passage of Scripture that he is quoting from all of the sections of Scripture showing you and I that it is impossible to believe the Bible and to believe that we have to contribute anything in order to purchase or achieve a right standing with God and that our salvation rests upon Christ alone. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been looking at it here in Galatians chapter 2, and today we move into chapter 3, the first 14 verses, and it is the gospel of the entire Bible. Now, what do we mean by that statement? Well, take a few moments and join us here on Abounding Grace as Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose returns us to our survey of Galatians, the gospel of the entire Bible. Galatians 3, verses 1 through 14. Here's Pastor Gary and today's program. Non-Reformed fundamentalist, liberals, and critics of the Bible join hands in one of the greatest errors in the church today. And that is the belief that the Old Testament teaches a different way to God than the New Testament that the Old Testament teaches a way to God in which you climb up by your own works in obedience to the law of God. And in the New Testament, it is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Coupled with these views of the ordinary American, that acceptance with God must be earned in some sense, then it is not surprising at all that most people in our culture are lost. The situation becomes all the more shocking when one realizes that most of the earth's population holds to religions other than the true revealed religion of Christianity, and that all these religions teach another way to God than through Christ. And that is the way of merit, worth, and human effort. So, Although it fills our hearts with horror and grief to say it, unless God directly intervenes, most people alive on earth today will die and burn in hell forever. And the one, only one thing in all of human existence can save them, the true gospel of the entire Bible. Make sure you believe it. Make sure your family believes it. Good, get a good grasp of it so you can share it with others and be able to recognize it from all of its counterfeits. In the third chapter of Galatians, we are presented with a thorough explanation of the true gospel, the only thing in the world that can save anyone from hell. 
Paul begins in this third chapter with a rebuke of the Galatian churches. And remember the situation. They were being seduced by false teachers away from the true gospel. They had been seduced to believe something other than good news from God about God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Instead of following what they learned from Paul, that our standing with God is based upon the Lord Jesus Christ through faith in him alone, they believed their standing with God was based upon what they earned and what they had done good by being loving and kind in their lives. So as a result, Paul rebukes them, and he does so very sternly and very severely, but very justly. You foolish Galatians. You stupid Galatians. Or as one translation says, you dear idiots. There is absolutely no basis whatsoever in the Bible or in reason or experience to believe what you are now being seduced to believe. There are no grounds for it whatsoever. You are absolutely foolish Galatians. His rebuke was also accusing, but true. He said, you've been bewitched. You're living like a people in a trance who are under some kind of spell that a witch has cast upon you. And you can't see or hear anything except what the witch has manipulated you into believing. And by the way, that is what false doctrine does. Have you ever seen someone who was consumed with false doctrine that they believe with all of their heart to be true? It's like they are bewitched. When you present them with the truth, they can't see it. They automatically turn away from it. They assume it's not true because they have been blinded and bewitched by this false doctrine that keeps them from seeing the truth. Who has bewitched you? Well, Paul could have been speaking metaphorically. He could have just been using strong language here. You people are acting like you're under a spell. Or it could have been talking about Satan himself. Because Satan does bewitch. And Satan does blind. And Satan does distort and make it impossible for a person to understand the truth. The Bible says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to him who is lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So Paul is rebuking them. He's saying, you're foolish. You're acting like people who are bewitched and there's absolutely no excuse because you sat under the clear and forceful and careful preaching of Jesus Christ. Notice what he says in verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed and as crucified? That is, in this public proclamation of the gospel, Paul carefully, unmistakably presented Christ forcefully to them 
in a way they had to understand if they were paying any attention at all. So because of their sitting under the careful preaching of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, there was absolutely no reason for them to be swept off their feet by false teachers other than their own sinful nature. It's interesting that when it says Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified, it is written in a perfect tense, and it is a participle. And the force of this perfect tense participle in Greek is that the Lord Jesus Christ, by his crucifixion, accomplished salvation, and the benefits and effects are still fresh and available today. Having completed it, finished it in the past, its power remains effective and available in the present and throughout the future. And had they grasped the gospel of Christ crucified, had they grasped the central lesson that Paul constantly put before their eyes vividly, The Lord Jesus Christ on the cross did everything that was necessary for salvation. Had they understood why he died on the cross, because man was incapable of doing anything to save himself, they would have never been swept off their feet into believing that there was something else that I have to do, something I have to contribute something I have to merit if salvation and a right standing with God is to be mine. So I want to stop here and make this little application, and that is to remind you of the importance of attending regularly and often to the preaching of God, but not just simply attending often to the preaching of the Word of God, but the necessity of closely listening to that preached word when you come to hear it preached. Don't let anything distract you. Don't distract anyone else. Don't let your mind wander. Concentrate and discipline yourself. Force yourself to listen to every word and seek to understand every word that comes from the mouth of a faithful preacher of the gospel. That is the only way to keep from being bewitched. So make sure you take advantage of every opportunity. Sunday afternoon worship, Wednesday nights, men's and women's studies, Sunday studies, and read God, good Christ-centered books. Listen to CDs or podcasts. Not one of us are above falling and deceiving ourselves. And when you come to read to the reading and studying the Word of God and listening to it preached, give it the best attention that you're capable of giving it. For had the Galatian church done this, they wouldn't have been foolish and bewitched, and they would not have been led astray from the only gospel that can save people from hell. Now, I want you to notice, after rebuking them, what Paul does in verses 2 through 14. Paul shows from the entire Bible that salvation, by doing good things, is absolutely impossible. And that the only way to be saved is by justification through faith in Christ alone. 
And he uses the whole Bible to do this. I love this passage of scripture. Paul is not a New Testament Christian. Paul is a Bible Christian. And you're going to see now in this passage of scripture that he is quoting from all of the sections of scripture showing you and I that it is impossible to believe the Bible and to believe that we have We have to contribute anything in order to purchase or achieve a right standing with God. And that our salvation rests upon Christ alone. But before he turns to scripture, he points to the experience of the Galatians themselves. Notice in verses 2 through 5. He says, this is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? He says, Just look at your own experience. Not only does the Bible disprove what you are wanting to believe, that in some way you can take credit for your salvation, but your very experience contradicts it as well. He said, for instance, remember when you received the Holy Spirit? Did you receive him because you obeyed some ceremonies, because you obeyed some laws, or simply... As you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. How did you receive the Holy Spirit? God showed through the book of Acts that when the Holy Spirit came upon people, it wasn't because they followed a set of ceremonies. It wasn't because they did a bunch of right things and put themselves in a position, making themselves worthy to receive the Spirit. In every single instance, the people who received the Holy Spirit of God received Him through faith in Christ alone. And in receiving Christ, they received the Holy Spirit of God. There was nothing that they had to do or achieve or accomplish. The point that He is making here is that the receiving of the Holy Spirit in your life is the most unmistakable evidence That God loves you. The most unmistakable evidence that God loves you. And the plainest guarantee that you're eternally saved. Now how is it? The most unmistakable evidence that God loves you. And that you are in a right standing with him. How do you know you've received the Holy Spirit? How is it unmistakable that someone has received the Holy Spirit? It is by a changed life. It's not by a warm feeling inside. It's not because you're able to speak in tongues. It's not by some emotional high, but by a changed life. Are you living differently than you were before you became a Christian? Are you living differently than the people around you who are not Christians? Are you seeking 
to bring your life, every thought, every motive, every action and word into conformity to the will of God revealed in Holy Scripture. That is unmistakable evidence that the Holy Spirit is in a person's life. And he said, when you received the Holy Spirit, did you do it because you earned him? Or did you receive him simply by faith? By faithfully hearing the preached word. You see that word in the last phrase that says, by the hearing with faith. It is difficult to translate that word from the Greek accurately. But it basically means faithful hearing or believing hearing. That's how the Holy Spirit is received into a person's life. By believing hearing of the preached word. So that when you hear the word of God preached, as you believe the word of God preached, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. It's not some secret little formula that you have to spout out. It's not some place that you have to go. It's nothing that you have to do. When you hear the word of God preached and you believe it, you receive the Holy Spirit into your life. So the word-filled Christian is a spirit-filled Christian, and the spirit-filled Christian is the word-filled Christian. If you want to be filled with the power of the Spirit of God, be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. It is by faithful believing, hearing of the preached word that is the means by which the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to God's people. And Paul asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying a bunch of laws or by believing the word of God that you heard preached? Many charismatics today have fallen back into the old Judaizer's position that Paul had to combat when he was writing the book of Galatians because many of the books written by charismatics on the Holy Spirit have totally misunderstood or lost sight of the message of the book of Galatians, particularly this third chapter. And they have told people, if you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, here is what you've got to do. If you want to receive more of the Holy Spirit, here is what you must do. So they have little booklets out there like five steps on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then once you do those right things, God is duty-bound to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And one of the verses they like to use is in Acts 5. Here again, as I have said so many times before, most of the false doctrines in the world today are the result of the failure to understand grammar. In Acts chapter 5, verse 32, we have the proof text that the charismatics use to say, you've got to obey God in some measure before you can receive the Holy Spirit into your life. And it says... And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So there it is, right? It says, God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. So if you obey him, God will give you his spirit. But he's not going to give you his spirit until you first obey him, right? Wrong. 
It does not say that. It does not say that God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. Now look at the verse again. It doesn't say God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. There is a past tense and there is a present tense here. It says, and we are witness of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given past tense to those who obey present tense him right here and now. So it's not saying that you have to obey God before he'll give you the Holy Spirit. That's, of course, works by the law. That's salvation by law. That is a refutation of the entire argument Paul is trying to make to us. It's not saying you have to obey God before you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who has been given to those who are now obeying him, because the Holy Spirit was given to them freely and graciously through the believing understanding of the word of God, as it was preached to them. So you see how subtle Satan is. He's always trying to sneak merit back into the gospel. and Man loves to believe it. You ask, why do people believe these things? Can't they see that is bad grammar? It's because it pampers human pride. It gives me the basis for taking some measure of credit for myself. If I have to do something, even if it's a, a little thing, even if it's just a, a couple of simple steps like empty, me a life, empty my life of all sin, etc., etc. If I have to do anything to receive the Holy Spirit, then I can at least take credit for that. So there's always this satanic bewitching influence of trying to bring merit and worth and deserts back into the gospel. And that is the very thing Paul is putting the blowtorch to. Notice the third verse, that he talks about the Christian life since the reception of the Holy Spirit. He says, you began your Christian life with the Holy Spirit. Are you saying now that you are going to perfect your Christian life in the flesh? The contrast here is between self-centered, powerless human nature and the almighty power of the Spirit of God. And he is making them look like the fools they are. And he is asking, are you telling me now that in your weak and puny human strength that you can perfect what it took the omnipotence of the Spirit of God to create in you? The new birth. This new life, you can't create it in yourself. You can't touch your heart. It is the Holy Spirit of God by His gracious power that changed your heart. And now you're telling me that you can perfect and bring it to maturity by your own merit and effort. What it took the Holy Spirit of God to begin in you. Truly, they are foolish Galatians. Then in verse 4, Paul talks about the vanity of Christians' experience and of suffering for Christ if free grace is wrong. And if there is merit and worth in man by which he stands rightly with God. He reminds them of all the things these churches had suffered because of their loyalty to the true gospel that he preached to them and in which they once believed. He was asking, was it all in vain? Was it all for nothing? 
Will it no, bear no fruit in their lives? Will their denial of the gospel for which they once suffered be turned into a curse upon their lives? Oh, foolish Galatians. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, Post Mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are two in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.